Welcome to Breaking It Down, a podcast where I help business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and leaders on how to break through their business and careers. I'm your host, Michelle Falcon, entrepreneur, author, keynote speaker, and businessinsider.com featured entrepreneur. Let's get started. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Breaking It Down. I have my guest today, Stephen Weaver. I'm very excited uh, for you to get to know him if you do not know him already. Before that, if we have not connected on LinkedIn, go ahead over the, uh, head over to LinkedIn, search my first and last name, and let's get connected over there. Stephen is the founder of the Candle Lab based in Columbus, Ohio, and I am sitting at my home office right now, and I have his product in my hand. Very Obviously, it smells fantastic. The brand is extraordinarily clean. Uh, there is a reason why he has been very successful, and I'm excited to have him tell you how his company is actually growing right now during COVID-19. I, I shared with him that I've been reading and listening to stories of companies that are just completely getting wiped out. Uh, so it's refreshing to hear uh, another perspective and a, a great case study of a company that has uh, used this as uh, an opportunity to move from retail locations to online sales. Uh, Steven, before we get started, uh, I wanted to ask you, when this all goes away, what is the first thing that you are excited to do or experience? Oh boy, I am, the moment this lifts, I am heading out to dinner to, to eat out. We, we have a program with the restaurants that surround our stores where we, we give them candles for their restrooms. And you'd be surprised by how many customers that drives into our stores, people come in and say, what, whatever's in the ladies' restroom down at Guildhouse, put four of those in a bag. So this is a part of our marketing, part of our marketing plan is to just scent the restrooms of all the good restaurants that surround us. And we have them pay us in gift cards. So then we can share these with employees or with customers. But I've got a shoebox full, shoebox full of these gift cards. So we eat out probably five nights a week at nice places. And so we have been incredibly wow. loyal to just not eat like, like normal people. My, my, I have two kids, seven and nine, and my girls are used to like, you know, eating out every night. And so this like home with macaroni and cheese and hot dogs is just, uh, our whole family is in, is in culture shock right now. So I'm, I'm ready to get back out again and have a good meal. Okay. So I'm not going to let you, uh, I, I need you to tell me what is on your plate. What is the meal that you're going to first order? Give me an appetizer. Give me an entree and give me a dessert. Gosh. Okay. So boy, uh, appetizer is calamari. Both of my girls, uh, love calamari. Um, and it always, the servers always look strange when, when <laughs> the kids are eating it, but they, they, they eat just about anything. So we have a calamari starter and then probably a plate of prime rib. That's, uh, that is my go-to either that or a really good Indian dish. There's, there's so many good restaurants around us that it's, it's hard to pick just one. Um, and then the, then one of the restaurants we go to has the best carrot cake I've ever tasted. So I, I kind of have my greatest hits of like, as soon as it happens, we're just going to, we're going to eat out the first 10 nights we can right in a row and, and just, just go back to all of our greatest hits. Amazing. Uh, carrot cake has catapulted from like maybe 10th on my list to top three, uh, oh, because of this restaurant, um, in, in Toronto. Um, Steven, we've spent some time talking about what has happened to your business. And I want 
everybody to hear about it. So can you walk us through how this all came about? Yes, I have. So I have six retail stores um, and our customer experience is very high touch. People come in and they they smell through a, a wall full of candles to figure out what their favorite scents are. Then they sit down at a bar and they actually blend the oils a drop at a time to make their own scent combination and their own custom candle or lotion or, or reed diffuser. So, so every part of our business is high touch, lots of interaction between us and the customers, lots of customers sitting close by. So we were watching this carefully starting in January because we are, um, we're essentially like a restaurant, like a bar with, in terms of interaction. So, so we tried to make sure that we were being vigilant and it became clear at a certain point that this was going to be worse than what people were expecting there just did not seem to be enough awareness of how bad this was going to be. We ended up closing our stores 10 days in advance of when we were required to close. Um, just because it felt, we wanted to set the example that like, this is something serious. And you know, the truth is we're, because we're a candle business, we're very seasonally focused. So we're, we're incredibly busy in November and December. So I don't mind giving up March and April sales, but I don't want to have this continue on into the fall and the winter and put those sales at risk. So I, I wanted everybody to just, close down, stay in place, get this done and move through it. And so we could start to go back to normal business again by the time the busy, the busy time comes. So, so we closed down early and tried to really message the fact that we wanted other business owners to join us and, and, uh, and take it seriously. And we, you know, we told our staff the moment that this is over, we're going to hire every one of you back at, at, uh, at full, full salary. You know, you're going to have a place to come back to. And until then we're going to make sure that none of you have to suffer financially. And so we've, we've come up with some compensation things and some unemployment to bundle together to make sure that they have everything that they need during this time. And then we've just been kind of trying to pivot the business from being a, a retail business only to because of online sales have not been a part of our business model up to this point. We get a few just by just organically, but I've always felt like, you know, the stories I've always, I've always told myself is that the, the candles are such a, such an impulse buy, such a sensory thing. You've got to smell in the store that the, our ability to just run ads to get people to come buy candles they never smelled before um, was just not a possibility. So it's not something we've ever really focused on. And so as soon as we closed the stores, uh, I called up our mutual friend, Matt Bertulli and some other smart e-commerce people and just said, I've, I've got seven days to turn us into an e-commerce company with a couple retail stores stuck on the side. And uh, these people very graciously gave of their time to help me understand all the pieces we had to put in place. And then we just started scrambling. So, And you're growing. Yeah. Yeah. Our sales are now uh, more than double, almost triple what uh, year over year from last year with our stores actually open. So I thought we were just going to be scrambling to try to get a little bit of revenue just to kind of hang on and ride it out. And it's turned out that we're making way more money now than we were at this time last year with our, with our stores open. So it's, it's been a, uh, it means when our stores do reopen, our company will have effectively more than doubled in size and we won't have added any more infrastructure. So it's been a, just a remarkable experience to have done it this quickly and to be hiring our people back as fast as we can to get them back working and pouring and, and shipping and they're doing it. And a lot of the work out of their own home, they're, they're telecommuting from home, doing zoom calls with our customers to do their own custom blends live on a zoom call and then we pour that candle, pack it up and ship it out. So, um, it's great to get everybody back to work. It's great to be growing like this. And, uh, and I'm grateful to just have pivoted so quickly in, in a time when so many other businesses are struggling. Yeah. The key for me is one, I love the business story, but also just the gratitude that you have that like, we're very thankful 
And I'm, I'm certain that your team must feel this way as well. Um, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. What question do you have for me? So, you know, the question, our question is really the same now as it was even before this. When we were first starting out, we, we prided ourselves on finding some absolute all-star employees and we would just, you know, we'd go to, to dinner once or, you know, every other week together. We, we knew them and their families and their significant others and we would take care of them every way we could. We'd, you know, I, we bailed them out of jail or, you know, I paid off a drug dealer debt one time. I put, you know, snow tires on somebody's car. Like I just knew, I knew who they were and what they were struggling with, what their goals were. And we could do such a good job of, of really showing them how much we cared. And now with six stores and been more than 60 employees, it's been hard for us to, to export that kind of culture to say, I'm here to support you. I'm here to take care of you. If you need something, if there's anything I can do to help you, please let us know. And so that, that's, that's been our culture struggle over the last year of like, how do we, how do we keep this amazing staff culture that we build in the early days as we grow? And then now it's been exacerbated because our employees used to have to come to work and uh, you know, we could, we could keep an eye on them and check in with them. But now they're, they're stranded at home and we, we can't put eyes on them. We don't know how they're, how they're really doing. And so my, my one sentence question is how do you take, a really tight family staff culture and maintain that as your organization grows and as the employees grow and as they get less contact with you as the owner. Okay. And one element of your question is around the mental health of your, of your employees. Absolutely. We, we have, um, we pride ourselves in, on, on uh, providing mental health resources and we kind of attract all stars who might also have some kind of struggle. So they, they, you know, they'll show up a couple days a week and do just amazing work. And there'll be another day a week where they can't get out of bed because of panic attacks. And so we've, we've had to, we've had to bring in some mental health resources and a lot of support from that standpoint. And we're, we're helping these people heal and nurture and do their best work while providing like a safe kind of supportive environment. So that's been one of our hiring goals is we, we take people who, have not have found their past employers not as patient with their mental health struggles as as we are, and then we help them uh, nurture and heal and do their best work. But that that means now that when we're in isolation and they're separated in their home, they don't might not have a roommate or a significant other, and they're just alone. They're at an even greater risk than than what a normal pool of employees would be. So um, so just how to reach out and message to people in an authentic way. You know, I'm here for you. Please let me know if you're struggling. Uh, that's a lot easier when they're showing up to work each day and we can kind of see how they're doing. But boy, now I'm just, this is, I'm not worried about the business. I'm not worried about my family. I'm not worried about economics. I am worried about the mental health and the safety of our employees in isolation at home and what I can do to support them like a family would support them. Have you communicated this to them that this is a concern of yours? I have, uh, we have communicated, but you know, lots of people say like, Oh, please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. But that's not usually a genuine request. That's like a, a cursory, you know, ending to a conversation. And so I'm, I, I guess I'm looking for concrete ways to not just say it, but to either demonstrate it or uh, model it or make it real in a way that just saying it is not, it might not land. Have you been the only one communicating that? The concern? And at the end, you're the, you know, the founder, so I'd assume so. Yeah, it's yeah. It is it is mostly me that does the the, the staff culture. I, I've got a really good team that does the day to day operations of the business. So I really am. I am. I do only two things for the business. I I run the Facebook traffic because that's what really drives the the train here. And 
I am, keep a watch on culture. Like I'm, I want to, mm-hmm. I schedule social events for us to get together, you know, once a month, I try to check in and do, do all these touch points for the employees. And so now it's just me kind of recording videos and, and emailing it out to them or texting them and checking in on them or, or trying to get them on a zoom call face to face. And, uh, but you and you and I both know when somebody is struggling with anxiety or depression or just, just the, just the uncertainty of this, this crazy situation, the people who are struggling the most are the ones least likely to proactively reach out and ask for help. Right. So I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, about the, I'm thinking about the people who are trapped at home and they are just, they're just wheels are spinning with all this uncertainty of what this is going to, how long it's going to last and what it's going to look like when it's over, how to get to that person to say, you are not alone. The candle lab and my wife and I, and our, your fellow coworkers, we are a tribe and we take care of each other. And so you don't have to struggle for, food or companionship or whatever, whatever you need, reach out to us and give us a chance to support you. Um, we really, we really want that to be the case. And, and, and I want to find new and creative ways to message that and reinforce it. So they know we are truly here. We have their back. Okay. And then you mentioned that when things were operating in the retail stores, you provided uh, some mental health resources uh, for team members and, and for the culture. Uh, has that resource been put on pause or what's happening in that regard right now? Most of those resources are local resources that they can um, book in-person counseling for that we will pay for. There is some, there are some telemedicine options here where you can get on a call and talk with somebody through, but um, you know, the, 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 the face that the, the ability to go in and have eight visits face to face with, with a counselor and just be able to talk through what you're doing has been, for many of these people, like a really important uh, resource, and that one has dried up. So, they, so now they don't have their their therapist or psychiatrist to talk to, and you know, a phone call is just not going to be the same thing as you know that somebody sitting there on the couch, like holding space for you. So, mm-hmm. um, so some of the resources are still there, uh, but again, you know how how proactive they are about picking up the phone and calling somebody and saying, "I'm struggling." I that's the piece that I that I always worry about. Got it. So this is what I would recommend exploring. It seems like the pieces are already in place. First, I would explore reaching out to someone, uh, perhaps even in our MMP community, that is an expert in in mental health. Um, I'm very very cautious when I even say the words mental health or give any recommendations there because we're not experts. It's, it's very dangerous when um, individuals will pretend to be experts. So that's where I like to bring them in. And it seems like you've already done that. I would explore going back to that, although it's not the same as being in the room uh, with your therapist, um, there still is value that could be achieved. And I'll give a real life example. When I was stuck in Peru, there was one day where I was experiencing extreme anxiety, anxiety that I've never felt before. And immediately I called our mutual uh, friend, Sherry Walling and said, I need to have a call with you. And we did it through Zoom. And the next day, it was that pain I was feeling was gone. So that's the first thing of bringing it back and trying. The second thing I would be um, exploring is it sounds like you're living with this, um, with these thoughts on your own and feeling like this is all on you to solve. I would like going a layer below 
in aiding how you achieve success with this topic. So for example, if you know that you have some senior people in your company, ones that are resilient, have thick skin like yourself, uh, who are doing well mentally, I would try to leverage them to be able to communicate the same messaging that you are sending to your team. Like reach out, please reach out because the more people that are saying it, there's strength in numbers. Um, you've got many things that you need to concern yourself in regards to the operations of the business and the culture, but making sure that there's other team members to support you in that messaging may help other individuals um, come forward when the messaging is coming from multiple people. Third thing that I would be looking at is if someone feels comfortable sharing a case study, a case study or a personal experience, market that internally. So for example, if I was a member of your team, let's just call me the vice president of sales. And I said, you know, Stephen, actually, this is what I experienced on April 3rd. I was crippled with this anxiety and I leveraged the resource that you provided for me. And I got on a Zoom call with my with the therapist and I felt better. This is what we talked about. This is the experience and, and so forth that uh, I experienced. Having somebody come forward and say, I'm feeling pain and this is what I've done about it. Other people might follow where they're like, okay, somebody else has come. Thank God somebody else is feeling the same way. Um, so if there's an individual in the company that might be willing to share a personal story, uh, I think that might help others feel comfortable. And then the fourth thing that I would uh, also uh, be sharing is uh, allowing people to feel comfortable um, saying that I need help. I, I wonder if some individuals on any team are thinking I can't show weakness right now because my leader might not think I'm as strong as I need to be, um, which is kind of goes to reinforcing the third thing that I recommended is having a case study. So that's what I would be looking at. Everything that you have shared with me today is very similar to what my past guest had shared in I'm worried about the mental health of our team members. And right now for me, business and commerce really are secondary. It's protecting the team as human beings, not as workers or as employees. So you are already down, far down the path of, I am a great leader. I am going to be protecting this culture, but I feel like you are carrying this on your own right now. Um, so I'm going to flip it back over to you. Do you have, you, you have the team members that you would need to help you support with this messaging? I do. I do. And we, and we have relied upon them a little bit. Um, I, so first of all, that's, this is spot on. This is exactly what I, what I needed. And, and it's funny. I, I talked to Sherry yesterday and then she's amazing. Uh, oh gosh. It was, she like, was had so much good information about this. And, oh, man. and, and then Dr. Doug Brackman, the, the week before yes. about exactly this. So I, 
yeah, it, getting getting the experts to tell you what is the best move is has is certainly working. And and I do have really good people who uh, at the next level down who um, who I've I have deputized to do some of this outreach. There is there is something about. There's something about the, the the owner, the head of the company, you know, reaching out and saying, "Hey, I am, you know, I I might not know you very well. We might not have spent time. You might have just joined the team, and and we don't have a lot of contact. But just know that if you are on our, if you're part of our family, then that means that you are under our protection, under our support, and and I'm here. So I I do, I think this is great. I will certainly have them take a bigger role in reaching out and checking in. Um, but I do, you know, I do want to make sure that I am you know, a part of, a part of them understanding that we're here, like, you know, I don't want to lose anybody here to uncertainty or anxiety or, you know, food insecure, whatever it is, you know, we have the resources here to support them. And so it's, it's just getting them comfortable enough, like you said, to ask for help. That is, Mm -hmm. that's everything. And I'm, and I will, I will signal that in every way possible. And we'll ask our, you know, our senior people to, to do the same um, but I, I think what's, well, I think what could be great is having those people cause they've all been with me for a long time. They all have their own stories. They've got the case studies. So right. to be able to reach out and say, Hey, here's something that, that the company has done for me in the past. If you're struggling, give them a chance to help you as well. I think that, I think combining your two and three together is, is the, is the key to the messaging. So that that's golden. And you're spot on, Steven, you are the flag bearer. You are the leader, you are the CEO, and it's our responsibilities as leaders to pave the path, but it, we don't always have to be at the front as the flag bearer. We can bring those additional resources to say, hey, Stephen's stepping out now. He chopped down the trees, he paved the path for us. Stephen's gonna step out for a moment and bring in his assistant captains to come in and support. Stephen's always watching. Right. And he's always available. And then he pops back in and then kind of exits as well. Um, so it's kind of shifting gears between paying offense and kind of defense, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and let's also make sure that Steven takes care of himself as well, um, <laughs> because he's only as good to everyone else is depending on how strong he is. Right. So that's one thing that I think some leaders are neglecting is like, making sure that you're as strong as can be uh, for everyone else. Uh, And then the last part to this is very similar to uh, how I might behave if my girlfriend, Sophia wasn't, um, if I suspected she, something was bothering her, I would have a direct conversation. I would say, you know, Sophia, I have a feeling that you're not feeling well, or there's something on your mind and these are the reasons why am I, am I right? Yeah. So, so just and allowing them to say, how did you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and here you go. So you can really instigate that conversation um, and try to get it out of them to get the ball rolling or the conversation started. Um, now, with that being said, I would go back to the professionals and saying, is that the right thing to do? when somebody yeah. might be suffering, that's where I'm going to put an asterisk next to that recommendation. Because as I mentioned earlier, I'm never going to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. It's just an idea that I would have, but this is where you validate it with the experts. And if they say, yes, that's the right thing to do. Okay, great. What type of language should I use? And so we can be the conduit of the, between the expert and the team members. And this is what I mean about, 
entering and exiting, right? So, you, you know, you exit, gather the information you need from the expert, then you enter with the information that you've been facilitated with. Uh, and then you kind of just go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, this is uh, very interesting because this is not, as I mentioned, the last guest I had on the podcast also wanted some mental health, um, had a question related to mental health. And I don't know if leaders are actively talking about this enough. Maybe they are to themselves, but are they creating a plan like, like you are, Stephen? So I commend you. There's a reason why you are one of the more popular people at MMT. Uh, MMT is our, uh, our entrepreneur group that Stephen and I are, are, popular, are, are members of. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, what do you want listeners to know about something that they might be able to support that you're working on? Boy, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to ask for, for support for the company or, you know, or orders or anything else. I mean, we're, we've been, we've been very successful these last, this last couple weeks. I, I think if I had any request for listeners, it would be, I think that what you just said was exactly it. This is, not a conversation we're having often enough. It's certainly one that we're having more now than we were having five or 10 years ago. But I think, you know, the, the, the number of people who are struggling with anxiety and depression and just generally making it through their day and being at ease uh, is it, we're more conversant. We're more aware of it now. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a philanthropic part of this of like, I want to help my employees heal and just be happier and healthier just because it's the right thing to do. They're part of our family. But it's also true that there's a greedy capitalist angle here of like, if I can get my best people to show up and do their best work each day versus losing a day or two a week to home with a panic attack, that just helps me in the business as well. So um, I think my, my request to listeners would be to keep having this conversation, check in on the people who you do think might be, might be struggling. Be, be aware of who in your network is when cut off from social interaction might be having a tough time. And you know, whatever time you have now that you're, you know, you're not working or your schedule slowed down or the things you normally do are not available to you. Just to, my, my request would be fill that time with checking in on the people that are around you and, and see how they're doing. And, you know, not just a text message, but hop on a zoom call and look them in the eye and just see how they're doing and see how you can support them. Uh, that's how we're all going to get through this together and get out on the other side. And, um, and I, I think any work in that place is the most important thing we'd be doing right now. Stephen, thank you so much. Uh, everyone listening, uh, let's connect on LinkedIn. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, go to LinkedIn, connect with me there, send me a DM. Stephen, thank you so much. I look forward to hearing how, um, how this all, all comes together for you. And everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of the Breaking It Down podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If your company is interested in inviting me to keynote speak at a company event, be sure to visit my website, michellefalcon.com. If you have any questions on what you heard on this episode, email me directly at michelle at michellefalcon.com. I'll see you on the next episode.